0: You're listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. So glad to have you with us here in person. And for those of you who are joining us online, I'm Jason Gertzen, Christine, my beautiful wife. We are pinch hitting tonight because we know uh, our lead pastors, Caleb and Telsey Friesen, are celebrating Christmas with their family in California. So they left this week. And so blessings to them. We're so glad to have you with us. Maybe we should start with I'm dreaming of a white Christmas because apparently tomorrow it's going to hit. And so I hope that you're ready. Got your snow tires on, shovels. I bought an extra shovel at Canadian Tire this week. We are ready to go. So we are going to, Christine's going to pray. Why don't we stand together? We're going to sing some carols tonight. The kids are going to sing. We're going to read scripture. We're going to hear something from the word. We're going to have a good evening. Bless you and thank you for being here.
1: Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for this time of year that we get to celebrate Jesus, Emmanuel. So as we are just singing tonight, or actually this afternoon, and hearing your word, that you would begin to um, just weave in the syllables we sing, that you would Prince of Peace just rest on us with peace, that hope would start to arise within us, that joy would overtake us, that we would be just so filled with your presence and give honor and glory to Jesus. Amen.
0: Bless you. I'm
2: going to be reading from Luke 1, uh, verse verses 67 to 79, and the context of this passage is just after the birth of John the Baptist, and this is called Zechariah's Song. Then his father, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear, in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare prepare the way of the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace.
3: Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel.
1: Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. Six months after Elizabeth knew she was to become a mother, Gabriel was sent from God to Nazareth. Nazareth was a town in the country of Galilee. He went to a woman who had never had a man. Her name was Mary. She was promised in marriage to a man named Joseph. Joseph was of the family of David. The angel came to her and said, You are honored very much. You are a favored woman. The Lord is with you. You are chosen from among many women.
4: One look before I shut my eyes. I got one look. It was bright, so bright I could see the lights even when I closed my eyes and they were in my palms. I dream a lot, but this is a new one for me. And there is an ache in the pit of my stomach, one I've never felt before. Then I heard my name. I am certain I am now awake. There is no doubt in my mind but I can't bring myself to take another look. Mary, yes, I say with my hands still covering my eyes. You don't need to be afraid, Mary. Doubt returns to my mind. Maybe I am still dreaming, for no one on this earth could possibly be anything but afraid right now. I feel something soft touch my arms. A gentle reassurance shivers through this earthly vessel, and before I can question myself again, I am staring at the face of someone who seems oddly familiar, yet most definitely not from this earth. Mary, I need to tell you something. You have been chosen. God sees you, Mary. He sees your heart, your fears, your dreams, and he has chosen you. You will carry and care for God's son, who will be given the name Jesus. He will be called the son of the most high. A tear falls to my cheek and slips onto my lip. My heartbeat has never been this fast yet so steady, and I don't know what I'm feeling right now as 1,000 things beg to be released from their chamber in my heart. All of a sudden, I am speaking. How is that possible? I've never even been with a man. Maybe I should not be questioning the man who has been sent to give me this message from God himself, but it is the only thing I can think to ask before astonishment silences my mouth. He tells me of Elizabeth's miracle and that I should visit her soon, that this is the chance to trust my father. I cannot waste it nor reject it, so I tell him it would be my honor to carry the Son of God. I'm nervous, but I feel a strange yet familiar comfort. Why did my father choose me? What is it about me that he saw and liked? Yet who am I to question my creator? Who am I to doubt his trust in me? He has promised to be my shepherd. Now to go find Elizabeth. There she is, my beautiful cousin. Once again, God's glory found in the womb of a woman. Seeing her pregnant makes me excited, a feeling I wasn't expecting so soon. She tells me I'm an honored one, that my child is honored. And I still can't believe my words, but her little one can, for he moved with excitement in her belly when he heard the news. I'm reassured by her, and she confirms my excitement with the truth that my God, my Father, chose to carry me, his son. And because he said it is so, it will be. My Father has sent his son.
3: Here came the again all know. him
6: days caesar augustus decided there was no room for layabouts and freeloaders everyone must go home in good order and the entire roman world would register as tax donors an entire ah, the entire roman world would register for joseph there was no room for disagreement so despite his wife being pregnant joseph loaded up his family and from nazareth they went I'm sure the road was hot and hard, but when they got to Bethlehem, it got much harder. With the baby on the way, they were told, there is no place for you to stay. Was there no family with a bed to spare? No room. Was there no friend who could have taken care? No room. The God of heaven in Mary's womb, but on this, his very own earth, There was no room. So Mary made do with hay and straw. And the deliverer that the people sought, no one saw. The God who knows us each by name, outside as a stranger when he came. Those who should have worshipped him instead said that they had no room. Yet knowing this, he came for us, chose all the dirt and pain for us, all our mess and all the fuss for us. Love had no room for doubt, no capacity to ignore our plight. God made room for us in Bethlehem, wrapped in cloth. Christ the King laid in a trough because in heaven there was no room to contain the courage, compassion, and love the Savior has for all of us. For us, there is room.
5: and you will recognize him by the sun. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel is joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him with the sh- after sh- seeing him with the shepherds had told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Who all heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all those things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorified and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them.
3: Our kiddos are going to lead us in Go Tell It on the Mountain this evening. So kiddos, why don't you come up and y'all can stand back up because we're all going to sing it together. But they're going to lead us in it. birds feared and trembled. Go tell it.
0: Okay. I don't know about you, but I think I've had it up to maybe here. Maybe I've had it up to here. Or maybe you've had it up to here with bad news. So let's talk about some good news tonight, shall we? Have you ever received some really, really good news? I mean, the stuff that blows the doors off your family and your life. The stuff that leaves you speechless, (laughs) grinning like a Cheshire cat from ear to ear. I got the job. She said yes. (laughs) The CT scan, there was nothing there, it's gone. The ultrasound showed not one, but two. Sometimes really good news comes, the best news comes when you're least expecting it. It's Thursday morning. The kids come down and they're eating breakfast and you say to them, hustle up. And they're like, they look at the clock and it's like, why? We've got 15 minutes before we leave for school. And you say, oh, we're not going to school today. We're not. Today, we're going to Disneyland. Disneyland. And every kid celebrates. And as they're tearing off to their room to pack up, they say, what about school? And you shout back, who cares about school? Because we're going to Disneyland. I'm talking that kind of news. I'm talking that kind of good news. The kind when you catch that flight in the morning and you get to Disneyland in time for the after dinner time and you see the light parade and as you're trawling back to your vehicle, your son or your daughter takes you by the arm and they say, Dad, this is the best day ever. That kind of good news. It was seemingly an ordinary night in every way on the outskirts of Bethlehem. The shepherds, common men, we heard about it earlier today, is my microphone okay? Should I move one way or the other? There we go. So, an ordinary knight, shepherds, common men. What do I need here, Victor? How's that? Okay. Really good news, I'm now holding the mic better. (laughs) The shepherds were common men. They were on the low end of the societal pecking order. They were doing what common men did in that day, watching the flock. On a rare occasion, there may be some adrenaline where they would have to pull their staff. Perhaps they would need to pull their slingshot out on occasion. But most nights... A month could go by, two months could go by, a hundred nights, a thousand nights, and it was the same mundane, common thing. Work in the night shift, as they'd done before, also common, but then God danced in the midst of their common, and in fact, he did a waltz. This ordinary night... Interrupted by the explosion of light from heaven and a symphony of angels. And God goes to those who have time to hear him. So on this cloudless night, he went to the shepherds. My favorite author on matters like this, Max Licato, described it this way. He said, the shepherds didn't ask if God knew what he was doing. Had the angel first gone to the theologians, they would have consulted commentaries. Had he first gone to the elite, they would have gazed around to see who else is watching. Had he first gone to the successful, they would have looked in their calendars to see if there was time for this. So he went to the shepherds, men who didn't have reputations, an axe to grind or a ladder to climb. Men who didn't know well enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep And messiahs are not wrapped in rags and placed in a feed trough. But that's how the night unfolded. Anything but ordinary. This is the wonderful thing about God. This is the wonderful thing about the stories that he weaves for each one of us. Here we are, each one, ordinary people, and yet he meets us. Ignition takes place, and the extraordinary breaks out in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, our hopes and our dreams, because the God of the extraordinary meets us as ordinary. The passage was read. Uh, I just love it. Uh, it's so good for today. It's, it was good 2,000 years ago. It's good for today. The angel speaking these words, don't be afraid. Hear these three things. I'm going to bring good news, that's going to bring great joy, and it's for all people. Another version says this, I bring you the most joyful news the world has ever heard, and it's for everyone, everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. Every person in this room. No matter the circumstances that you find yourself in today, No matter the circumstances that a family member, a friend, or otherwise finds themselves in today, the God of creation dispatches his angels to say, good news. Good news 2,000 years ago. Good news today, December the 24th, 2021. Isaiah the prophet, he wrote about that this was coming He wrote about this future arrival for unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. But, you know, when he wrote that, the years went on and they waited in hopeful expectation. Perhaps some thought he was overdue. That can be frustrating sometimes when you're waiting Perhaps you heard about the story of this man recently from Duncan, up island slightly. And he returned a library book to the Victoria Library. It was 38 years overdue. <laughs> 38 years overdue. I think the fine could build a new wing on the <laughs> Victoria Library. And so he returns it. They share a laugh. He's walking out the door and the, librarians, the librarian says, sir... 38 years, like, and he looks at her, and he says, it's the traffic on the Malahat. If you're from out of town, just talk to the person beside you. They can, uh... you see, they waited for the promised Messiah, whereas we, we get to receive the promises of the Messiah they hoped for the good news. We have the good news. We've heard it before, that passage that you see at, at, at football games, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but rather have everlasting life. I came up with this phrase. You can put it up there, Starla. I, it's this, the best news about the good news is that today's bad news can't change it. I'm going to say that again. Maybe you can cheer me along. <laughs> the best news... No- In fact, why don't we just say this together, okay? Because sometimes we need to get this, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. The best news about the good news is that today's bad news can't change it. What are we experiencing today? in comparison in scope and magnitude with what the world has experienced. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he said, yeah, you guys are going through some challenges, but this is the phrase that he used. It's real, but he called it a momentary affliction. You see, when the good news dropped, when it landed, when it hit, when the reality of the good news is realized, it takes the ordinary and transforms it into extranor- extraordinary and brings transformation to mankind. And that's what took place on this night. This was the beginning of that. The incarnation means that God's glory is here. It's always been here, is still here. God became a person and dwelled among us. He grew inside a young woman who knew her scriptures and was born one night in a back alley. God nursed and cried, and grew, and listened, and loved. Truly, God has always been with us. Emmanuel, this word incarnation, the word becoming flesh and dwelling with us. One other modern translation says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. What are the implications of that? Look on the screen. God with us, not against us. God not apart from us, not God apathetic toward us. I'm going to read that again because I'm going to read it better. (laughs) God with us, not God against us, not God apart from us, not God apathetic toward us. No, God for us, God one of us, God empathetic toward us, God with us. Christine and I have been doing something over the last few weeks that we haven't done and I haven't done in the 38 years that I have been a Christian, and that is this year, for the first time, we have had Advent candles at our home. I'm not talking about the little chocolate peeling out the little... That, not that one. We've had Advent candles just like you see here. And... Um, it's been beautiful as each week we, we lit first the candle of hope, then peace, then joy, then love. And what God has done is that he has offered us the great exchange. You see, in the place of our despair, he brings us hope. In the place of our anxiety, he brings peace. In the place of our sorrow, he brings joy. I didn't want to say in the place of our hate, because I don't know that that's right. But what I will say is this, in the place of our lack, in the place of our lack, he brings love. I was thinking about uh, the reaction, uh, observing in the Christmas story, in the scriptures that have been read, when this good news landed, the response that it solicited. We heard about how Elizabeth, pregnant with... John the Baptist and how when she gets into the same room with Mary who's pregnant what happens this child inside of her leaps there's just this reaction to the messiah Mary breaks out in song same as uncle Zachariah the angels they're proclaiming they're dancing i think they're showing off a little bit actually the shepherds they get blasted and then they're running They are running to see this scene. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread word concerning him. They told everybody. These shepherds, here's what they did. They heard it. They saw it. They believed. And then they proclaimed. That's our story. This is our testimony 2,000 years later that we have entered into relationship with the King of Kings, with the Lord of Lords. We've heard it. We've seen it. We've tasted it. We've believed it. And then we've got to tell people, this is what Jesus has done for me. I close with the words of Isaiah in chapter 61, because this is the good news personified. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell the captives, you are free, to tell the prisoners, free from darkness. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace, and that season lives in perpetuity year after year after year, we can receive his grace. God with us, God for us, and he came because he loves us. That is our hope, and that's what the good news is of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you. There's four candles that are here that are lit. Um, The fifth candle, a white candle, is the candle of Christ, and so we are going to end with singing Silent Night together. Christine and Timothy and others are going to come, and we're just going to light these candles throughout the room, and then we're going to sing Silent Night together. Bless you as that takes place.
3: If you're watching from home, you can grab a candle if you like. <laughs> light a candle and sing with us. And then once you have your candle, you can stand on up. We're going to sing together. Don't light your mask on fire. I don't maybe that's a thing yeah. this year. <laughs> don't hold just careful. And don't light the person in front of you hair on fire either. That'd be bad. But sing loud. We're just going to raise our voices. We're not going to play. I'm just going to play a note, set the tone, set the key and then we're just going to sing together. have the key inside mm-hmm. len I sing verse two.
7: Yes.
0: Well, Merry Christmas to you all. As you go from here, as you uh, celebrate with your family in the, tr- in the traditions that you have, may God richly bless you. If you have time to stay around, we're going to have some uh, treats and things. We're going to bring them into here. And uh, so that will be great. And uh, God bless you. I think Christine's going to pray. And, and then we're going to try to blow out those candles without getting wax on the floor and upsetting our CrossFit people. Father, thank you so
3: much
1: for the light that you bring. Jesus, you are our light, and we look to that to lead us in the days and weeks and months ahead. We thank you that you are trustworthy, that you are always faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Merry Christmas. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.